It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. Welcome back again to the Kriya Yoga Podcast. We're in our final section of how to harmonize and empower your spiritual and worldly intentions for the new year. In our previous sections, one and two, we've covered the spiritual process of intention setting, ways to recognize a worldly life in harmony with spiritual ideals, and now we're continuing to look into how to successfully realize your intentions in a step-by-step fashion, and also the power of faith and surrender when cooperating with divine will. So this will conclude our three-part series uh, of intention setting for the new year. So with this process, the first thing you want to do is decide on your intention. Decide on your intention. Mm -hmm. Now, when I do this process, sometimes I'll spend time on two to three intentions, but oftentimes I'll just do one at a time because you've got time. You can do one intention today, another intention tomorrow, another intention the third day, and just repeat, keep bringing that back around. Uh, And for our process today, um, you've already thought about three intentions. So I want you to pick one of those intentions, just pick one and write it down again. I like writing things down. Writing things down, I have found, for some reason, makes this experience better. Um, it, it uses your nervous system. It, brings, it makes it more physical. It gets, it in, into, it gets you more into your body. Um, so writing things down, write down your intention one more time. I, I remember one time, a long time ago, before I, I really started doing this particular process, um, I would actually just write the intention over and over and over again. Like I had a notebook and I decided that I was going to fill a notebook with the intention. And so every day I'd get up and I'd spend maybe about five minutes writing that intention over and over and over again. And every day I'd get up and I'd write for five minutes, writing that intention helped keep it in my awareness. So for now, write down your intention. And be clear on your intention. It doesn't have to go on and on for paragraphs, but you know, one sentence, two sentences, most just be very clear with with what it is uh, you want to see this year. Spiritual, physical, being able to help others in some way if you're already well enough off yourself. Um, Emotional well-being, relationship. The health, as I've already said. Maybe you need more resources in some way. And again, remember all this is spiritual because if you have more resources, well, then you can also have more time to do stuff. You don't have to be the handyman that fixes everything. You can pay someone, which means you've got more time to meditate. (laughs) And by paying someone uh, because you've got more resources, you're supporting the economy and you're helping a family out and on and on and on. So all of this is, is interrelated. Now, once you've written down your intention, now we're going to meditate. So we're going to take 10 minutes to meditate. 
And I'm not going to tell you how to meditate. You do whatever it takes for you, whatever technique works best for you to experience a state of clarity. So let's meditate together.
And as you meditate, feel yourself becoming more and more settled with each breath, with each mantra, with each repetition of whatever technique you're using. Give yourself permission to become more and more internalized, more and more settled in spirit and the infinite. Know, feel, experience, acknowledge the truth that there is no separation. That even though you might feel like a small little person, this small little person is the infinite. It's what the infinite is feeling right now, experiencing right now. And now we'll move on to part two of this process letting go of distractions, non-attachment. So you have meditated and you are internalized. Now in this inner space, you have to become active again, but calm. And you can look around inside and if you notice any distractions, you just see them, acknowledge them. And just... However you can say, I don't need this distraction right now, I'm done with it, or get out, or I'm not going to pay attention to it. Whatever it takes for you, acknowledge the distraction so it becomes conscious and doesn't have power over you, and release it so you are free, one by one, more fully internalize your awareness, and give yourself permission to release the power that any distraction might have over you, even if you have to do it repeatedly, because some are persistent. And that's just the nature of this process. But don't get frustrated. Breathe. And if you're having success with your own process, wonderful. If you need something a little more interactive, one thing that I've always found very useful and successful is I imagine a radiant sun. So in my mind's eye, imagine that I'm looking at this radiant light, like a big, huge ball of radiant fire, like God's light. And if any distraction arises, I imagine that distraction, like it's just being thrown into that light and given up to the infinite, given up to God. And no matter how often it comes up, I continuously throw it in there. I sacrifice it to this infinite light so that we can proceed. And this is a wonderful way to give up your distractions. If it's a feeling, imagine that feeling flowing out of you and dissolving in that radiant light. If it's a thought, imagine that thought like a whole bunch of words just disintegrating in the radiance of this solar light. 
If it's a memory, imagine the image of that memory just being absorbed by the sun's light. Repeat this as long and as often as you need. Now on your own, you can continue this. And I would keep doing it until you finally feel like you've gotten through most of the distractions. But for the sake of um, teaching, we'll move on to the next stage. So holding your awareness within, if you've written your intention down, which hopefully you have, Just look at the intention on the paper, read it to yourself, state it. You are now in a, you might not feel like it, but you are in a different state of consciousness now than when we started and you are more in tune with the infinite. So read it, acknowledge it. Yogananda would often say that this is a method of floating the intentions into the ethers, like planting the seeds in the ethers. And once you know what it is and you've read it, then close your eyes again. And be curious. Wonder. If you imagine the future, that, that you've accomplished this intention, that it's done, it's, it's happened, you've, you've, you've engaged it. What would your life look like? What would be different about your life? Just see it. How would it feel? What changes would there be in your life? How would you look different? Would you be doing something different? Would you mentally, emotionally feel different? Just be curious. And now be curious about, honestly, what would you feel like looking back and recognizing that you pulled it off, that consciousness all came together, 
and it worked out. Like, how would you feel inside? Maybe you'd be surprised. Like, wow, I'm surprised that worked, but hey, that's a good feeling. Or maybe like, yeah, that, that feels, I'm, I'm glad I, I was able to experience this, to, to do what needed to be done to make this happen. Tune into your heart and feel and ask, what would it be like? How would I feel? What would my hormones be doing? How would my belly feel? How would my heart feel? How would I be smiling? Would I feel tingly inside? Would I be like relieved? And then imagine it. What would that feeling be like in the body? Breathe and stay meditative, but th this is a meditation technique, by the way. You, you are practicing samadhi on this thought, on this single truth, to the exclusion of all else. So you're strengthening your ability to be in samadhi just by doing this. So you're engaging your life and practicing yoga, if you're doing it well. <laughs> and now is to the best of your ability. The things that you know that would need to happen to make this possible or that you can imagine, maybe it's not 100% accurate, but it doesn't matter. It gets the ball rolling. In your mind, be curious about, okay, see yourself doing those things. Feel as though your body is doing those things or your mind is doing those things. Like what... The little things you know that would contribute to success with curiosity and enthusiasm, not the procrastination, not the, the dread of actually getting started, but if you actually saw yourself just doing it, let those things roll through your mind. And, and if you go through them all, then roll through them again, repeat. Breathe, keep breathing, keep the breathing steady. And it can even be a little deeper than normal, not, not stressing yourself out, but a little deeper than normal because this will help to um, stimulate the vagus nerve and keep you in this attuned state of, of calmness and curiosity. And now let go of that. And we move into the next part, becoming okay with feeling successful. So you've got the intention, you've imagined what it would feel like, you've seen some of the things you probably need to do. Now, 
that sense of accomplishment, bring that back up. And just ask yourself, what would it be like if I was okay? Just if this really worked out, if, if it all came together and I looked back, like, yeah, that's great. You think about, you know, would you have the, uh, would you be able to resist the jealousy of your friends or uh, would you be able to get over the, the, the lack of ability to believe in yourself? And whatever it is, you know, as you feel successful, what comes up that makes you think maybe you can't or maybe you shouldn't or maybe it's not right? And just breathe through it. Say, well, all right. That's in there somewhere. But you know what? I'm going to be okay with just allowing it. I want to be okay. Just I want to enjoy the success for just, just a little bit. Give yourself permission to feel good about being successful. Just like when I completed that kettlebell training and I, I lifted all those weights and I got done at the end of the day and I'd done more than I ever thought I could. And I thought, man, that's great. I can't believe I did that. Or maybe you've got something like that that you've already done. So you can, re- you can refer to it. I'm so happy I was able to pull that off. Well, feel it now with this sense of success. Breathe. And this may be something that you have to do many times because you kind of got to feel your way into it. So whatever you need to do to feel your way into it, do that. I can't tell you exactly how it's done because everyone is different. You can release this and move on to part five. Plan and brainstorm. So before you open your eyes, just be calm. Take a few easy, deep breaths and and acknowledge you're getting ready to open your eyes and you're going to hold this meditative state. You're going to feel, continue to be in this state of, of attunement and awareness. And you're just going to do something. You're going to write or type or whatever you need to do. So then when you're ready, open your eyes and and with your piece of paper where you can see your um, intention just whatever comes to mind, write down what you need to start doing. What's the first thing you need to do? What's the second thing you need to do? What would be something good to know how to do? What do you need to figure out? Whatever comes to mind about a process, write it down. And just write for the next uh, five minutes or so. And if you run out of things, we'll just go back and, and return to the being curious about the intention or return to the, 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 the feeling of success and then open your eyes again and then see if anything else comes up or reread what you have written. And well, is there anything I can do to, to help that happen? You, you want to just freely be in the flow of writing, of letting it come out, of letting it reveal itself to you because this is the first time you're doing it. So as you go, new things will come up. As you live your life, as you try, you'll realize you have to do other things, but you have to start going through the process. So for the next four minutes, um, continue brainstorming, writing things down, ideas that come to mind.
have fun mostly. You, you want you want to stay in that kind of state. see, this is part of a process of learning to have a relationship or a conversation with uh, your deeper self, with the wholeness of life. This is all part of a process. And just like any relationship, it takes practice and skill. And maybe you've known someone you know, I can think of at least two people in my life whom I've known so well and been so in, in tune with that it's almost as if we just had mental rapport. We, we knew what we were thinking. And that's because of many years of developing that relationship. By going through this process again and again and again, you are cultivating that relationship so much so that it becomes automatic, such that when you have an intention, you can just, ah, what, what do I need to do? And then the ideas just come to you or the opportunities are presented to you where you know that's not the way to go. So this is part of a process of building a skill set, a spiritual skill set, uh, which will help you for quite a, the entirety of your life in all situations. So we'll go another minute or two. And then put down your pencil, just look over what you wrote. And maybe things are still coming. And, and sometimes you have periods where it just flows and flows and flows. But for now, just for the sake of instruction, just put down your pencil or pen, look at, read the uh, intention again, uh, review what you wrote, just look at it. This is all part of a process here. It doesn't have to be perfect. You'll, you'll, you'll get better at it as you go. And then close your eyes again. 
and focus on your breathing. And I, I added a, uh, another step 5.5. So we go from five to 5.5 to six. Um, and this step is asking for assistance and being open to new perspectives. So with your mind internalized, again, attuning to whatever you, however you think of the infinite consciousness, the divine God, divine mother, Christ, gurus, who knows, whatever you use as an access point, think of that power, Ishvara, your own self. And as if you are expansive, as though you are merged in this whole ocean that is this infinite power and your, your intentions and your requests, your prayers are like vibrations, just ask for assistance. I would like to experience this, explore this. So help, give me assistance. Help me see what I need to do, develop the, the discipline I need, the energy I need. And even ask um, to be open to new, new, new perspectives, because oftentimes we don't accomplish what we want or, or achieve our intentions because we don't have the right perspective, because we're blind to something or we can't, we can't see it from another angle. So ask to have your mind expanded, your consciousness expanded, so that you can see from the proper perspective that will allow this to flow forth. That will allow this to flow forth. And of course, you want to acknowledge and ask that it's in harmony with your highest intention of awakening. Because sometimes we get a little idea that's more of a distraction than in harmony with it. And, and the more we intend to be in harmony with the infinite, uh, the less those uh, useless uh, things will come up and we'll be able to recognize what's actually helpful and what's not. And then let it go. As I mentioned, you know, when you're talking to someone you love and you're asking for assistance, you don't have to keep harassing them about it. You just ask, be done with it and let them provide when it's possible, if it's possible. Okay, so this is the process. So when you're ready, take a deep breath in, exhale, relax, open your eyes. Um, And the next, the final step, take action. We don't have to do this right now because we're still in class, but maybe if you can take an action when we get done, go do it. Or maybe tomorrow you're going to do it. But what you want to do is with your intentions, uh, you, you do this process and you write this stuff out and you want to have it so that you can see it somewhere. And then when you wake up in the morning, Maybe I, I like to do it after I meditate because after I meditate, I'm ready to go and I'm kind of trying to figure out what am I going to do today if I don't already have that day uh, discovered. Um, <clears throat> so you want to have this piece of paper somewhere. So after, so when you wake up in the morning, you can look at it and say, all right, what can I do today that will contribute to this intention? What can I do? Even if it's one small thing, that one small thing is one tiny step closer. It's, so it's better than nothing at all. So what can I do? And maybe there are big things you can do, but you want to you imagine throughout your day, all right, I'm going to attend to this then, like put it in your schedule somewhere, put it in your to-do list, even if it's one small thing, but make sure you do at least one small thing every day. 
every day. Even if that one small thing is simply returning to this process to do more brainstorming or more in, more seeing and experiencing and holding the intention. Uh, and what you'll find is if you continuously engage in this way, quicker than you think, that experience, that intention will likely be present for you. And even if you don't achieve it this year, even if you don't achieve it in your timeline, you'll be able to look back and say, well, I'm a heck of a lot closer to it than I was. And this is, this is one of the best ways to, to live our life. And ultimately, this will segue into our next section. Um, ultimately, you want to acknowledge, you want to acknowledge that you are, that this process is for a healthy expression of the infinite consciousness, that, that you're doing it to fulfill your, your, your worthwhile desires, to, to, uh, to express love in this world, to express the love of the divine in this world. So you always want to hold, as you, as you do these intentions, you always want to hold that the reason you're doing it isn't just to get a new boat and hopefully you're not doing it to get a new boat, but you, you, you're setting these intentions um, for an expression of greater love in the world. And if you always hold that as the reason you're doing these intentions, it's really going to help you um, live. It's really going to help you harmonize the spiritual, the spiritual and what you might call the material. Because if, if every intention comes from this place of, of, of expressing more love in the world, and remember, more love in the world doesn't mean you're going out and spraying everybody down with sunshine. So we, we want to make sure that we're not confusing a mistaken need to try to fix the world with expressing more love in the world. Uh, playing a beautiful flower garden that people walk by and see because you love playing flowers, that's bringing more love into the world. Even if no one sees it. If you love gardening and, and you do that and it brings more love to you, that's bringing more love into the world. Because if you are having more love, that means that you, everything else you do is going to be infused with that love. So uh, we want to be very careful because what a lot of well-meaning uh, yogis do when they get on the spiritual path is they want to they want to heal the world. And the world's not going to be healed by what we do. We are, we are, on, we are on the cycle of yugas. And the world is going to get clearer and clearer as we get closer to the galactic center. We as individuals can make ourselves clearer and clearer, despite what time period we're in. Uh, those of you who are familiar with yoga philosophy. Uh, but what we can do is live in such a way that we are an embodiment of love. And an embodiment of love doesn't mean that you become a nurse, a massage therapist, a Reiki practitioner, a guru, so that you can make everyone better. Being in a state of love can simply be you want to write, you know, uh, you want to write a novel about trains. And because you love writing novels about trains so much, that is an expression of the infinite that it makes you happier that when you're, when you're doing other things in the world and being with people, that presence is within your field. So you don't want to jump to a conclusion that the things you do have to heal anyone else or everyone. Uh, it's simply about, our, is this an expression of pure sattvic divine love in the world? And pure sattvic divine love um, occurs for its own sake, not because of what it does to things outside of you. 
I hope you understand what I'm getting at here. Um, so being healthy, being spiritually aware, these are all wonderful things to set as your intentions. But aside from that, um, as you are a unique expression of this infinite consciousness in this life, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? How do you want to live your immortal life? And it's okay to cultivate that. Um, I'm pretty consistent with this process myself, meaning at the beginning of the year, I'll think out ahead. Um, and I remember writing things down. Like I, I want to be able to read, uh, talk with Ramana Maharshi and certain aspects make more sense to me. I'll write that down. And then I'll read Ramana Maharshi's talks with Ramana Maharshi and I'll meditate as, because I'm doing it. I'm trying as the year goes by, it becomes a little clearer or I want to meditate longer. I want to meditate more deeply. And sometimes the things that we need to, to that we want to do lead us to have to do things that we, we couldn't even dream were possible. You know, for example, there's a reason that I spend so much time talking about um, emotional health and well-being and working with a, a, a psychologist or a counselor, because I have found in my own life, even though I studied psychology and philosophy, you would think I would know this, that the more when I needed to, I worked with a counselor and helped get another perspective and clear up my own psychological complexes, the deeper my meditation went. So when I would have an intention that I want to meditate better, sometimes it wasn't just go hang out with your guru and spend hours trying. What I would be led to was, you know, maybe you need to go talk to a counselor. And I would burn through stuff that uh, it was amazing. I thought that's great. Or I would, uh, I would know I need to sleep more or I need to exercise more. So I have more energy or I need to cut this out of my, my life. So you, you want to be open to the perspectives because there might be things that you just don't have the awareness of that by going through this process, it will come to you. And if you have a little bit of doubt, like, well, I didn't expect that. That's okay. Look at it, explore it, accept it, see what happens, try it out. This is trial and error. And, um, the more you do it, the more you will find yourself in harmony uh, with life. And you will eventually reach that point in time where, as I mentioned, you know, if someone told you you're going to check out in 24 hours, you'd say, no problem, because I've been, I've been living my immortal life the way I want, which means the body is going to pass away, but I'm still going to continue living my immortal life after that. So you, 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 become, you become more in the moment, really. So it's, it's a, a paradigm or paradox, pardon me. It's a paradox that you know you plan and you try, <clears throat> and somehow that allows you to be more in the moment. Now, I want to take questions about this process or about this. Um, so you can type them in the chat box. Uh, but while you are typing those in, I'm going to move on to section four, and then I will answer all of the questions at the end. Um, at the end. And before I forget, what I would love to do, if you don't mind, um, I would love to take a picture of the folks who are here in, in our, our, our group today. So if you want to do that, uh, please turn your camera on and I'm going to switch the screen. So it looks like a, a gallery view. I'm going to take a screenshot of that. Um, so if you don't mind, see everyone's smiling faces, see if I recognize anybody, a few people. Oh, good. Let's see. We can do it the fun way. See if I can do it. This only holds 25 people though. Uh, will it work? <laughs> we'll try this one. 
Where is my print screen? Hopefully it's function print screen. Any of you know? Um, let me see if I did it right. <clears throat> Where is paint? So don't turn your cameras off yet. I'm gonna do another one. Okay, yes. Print screen works. Save that one to the desktop. Kriyoga. This is intention 2022. All right, and then we'll do another one. All right, so we'll put it on gallery view. Hopefully we'll get more people. There we go. Okay, so we'll do print. All right, function, everybody smile. Here we go. Are you smiling? Act like you're having a good time now. All right, print screen. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> that's enough. So if you want to turn your cameras off, that's fine. We've got everybody. Save as. All right, thank you. So now on to the next, the final, the final bit. <clears throat> Remember, put your questions in there if you, if you want to ask questions so we can speak to them. I want to make sure this is clear. And so my question to you, and you can type it in the chat box, is this clear? Do you understand what I'm getting at? If so, please type yes. If not, say, you're crazy, Ryan. I don't get any of this stuff. Okay. Good. So the final part of this, the final part of this, um, the power of faith and surrender when cooperating with divine will, the power of faith and surrender uh, when cooperating with divine will. So first and foremost, um, This whole process is to cooperate with the infinite. And Mr. Davis, he, he liked affirmations. I think I have one up on my fridge from him that says, um, essentially, there is an enlivening power sustaining this universe, and we can learn to cooperate with it. Now, that's what we're doing in this process. And... Um, I want to be very clear that by going through this process, this in no way is going to make anyone's life perfect. It'll be close. I can speak to that. However, while I feel very content with my life and my life situation and um, my spiritual practice and what I'm able to do in the world, my relationships, um, that doesn't mean that it's, it's been easy. It doesn't mean that there haven't been health issues that come up every now and then it doesn't mean that there haven't been a relationship issues it doesn't mean there hasn't been tragic loss it doesn't mean there hasn't been frustration it doesn't mean there hasn't been hard work it doesn't mean any of those things what it means is that when you are um, engaged in this process that you are hopefully treating life like an adventure and if you watch adventure movies or read adventure novels you know sometimes difficult things happen but when you know and feel and experience that you are part of something much bigger than what you usually think you are, you are this spirit, you are this soul, you know what you really are. Um, you, you see the challenges in a different way. 
And sometimes you become empowered to address the challenges or to embrace the challenges or to become stronger from the challenges. So I, I want you to um, really keep this in mind. And um, I don't want to in any way promote the idea that uh, if you just think right or pray hard enough that everything's going to work out. Sometimes it's not. And that is a, a, a fallacy that many people promote, mainly because they want you to show up to their workshops <laughs> or they don't know. I mean, that's an important point too. I've met plenty of people who just had not, they just didn't know. Um, but we are here to learn and grow from whatever life presents for us. And sometimes, despite our best efforts, as we engage this process, sometimes life's Life brings us situations that we don't like, but they are actually contributing to the realization of that divine intention. And sometimes you got to pray for guidance and you've got to pray for patience and you've got to depend upon um, inner support to realize uh, the truth of these matters. Uh, life is not, not always easy. Um, and I was, I was listening to a talk. I forget who, who the Swami was, but I, I always, when I see on YouTube, someone says something like, uh, the meaning of suffering. I, I love looking at that because I'm like, all right, what's this guy going to say? Uh, uh, because you know, this is, this is a topic that everyone has been addressing for m probably millions of years. And sure. A YouTube video is going to clear it up for you. I, I just like to see what people are going to say, but this guy actually had a very good point. He said, you know, he was talking about the loss of faith. And he was saying, you know, I can't buy that you, you lose your faith because something goes wrong in your life. He says, I just can't buy it. He says, because if you're paying attention, you know that something's going wrong everywhere in the world at some point in time. Someone's dying. Someone's getting sick. Someone's having a terrible time. And if you know that that's possible, how can you say that you, you, you've lost your faith because now it's happening to you? So you see, it becomes like a, a, a self-absorbed thing. You say, oh, I have no faith because uh, this difficult thing is happening to me. When you know it's absolutely possible for difficult things to happen, if you just look around. <laughs> so uh, part of the idea of suffering comes up in avoiding suffering. And even though this fellow was a Hindu Swami, he said, you know, the Buddhist teachings and even parts of yoga philosophy say it very clearly. They say the nature of life is for things to fall apart. They come together, they fall apart. They come together, they fall apart. You're not going to get around that. Things are going to come together and fall apart. Relationships, bodies, careers, you name it. It's going to come together and fall apart. And part of, the, part of what we need to learn to put more attention towards with our, um, our spiritual practice is just making peace with that. Uh, and oftentimes there's great reasons why we can't make peace with that. And that's, again, why a counselor is wonderful. Um, but let's say that you don't need one and, and you just need to start admitting that that's the case. Well, if you start admitting that's the case, then you know that as you engage in this supportive universe, which is supportive, that things are going to come and they're going to go. And sometimes things are going to work out. And sometimes things are going to work out in ways that you couldn't even dream. And you've heard me talk about this before, uh, especially when it came to my own um, uh, role in this Kriya Yoga tradition. And so what I really wanted, though, was to be of service in, in this tradition. And what did it take for me to be able to be of service? Well, I had to go through that experience and realize that being in charge of a meditation center was not necessarily my thing. Um, 
And then as the years went by and uh, became an independent teacher. And when I've discussed that with Mr. Davis, because we had a very close relationship up until he died. I mean, I saw him six weeks before he died. He would always say, it's better that you, you are an independent teacher. Um, and what I noticed was after I was able to, after I had that freedom to be an independent teacher and he encouraged that, uh, it was then that my own, per- my own ministry, my own ability to do this work took off. Um, I was able to reach more people, more people were more responsive to um, what I was able to offer for them. Nine years after I got into it, that net thought would have never crossed my mind. I was so I was so caught up in being exactly like Mr. Davis and doing exactly what he said and being underneath him in regards to the organization that if you had told me that after nine years of practice, I would have said, you're crazy. But I had to go through that hard period of, of, of growing, of, of leaving the nest and growing. And, and it was painful and it hurt. But by going through it, it gave me the capacity to reach more people. Like we're able to have this here and, and all the, the, the wonderful um, um, things we do on Patreon and the, the, the podcast and, and on and on. So anyway, what I'm telling you, I'm telling you this because there have been multiple things in my life that I, I had a vision. I had, I had an intention. I had a direction that I knew in my, in my soul needed to be expressed. And I walked that direction. But even though I was walking in that direction in order to get there, I, I had to, it, it took me in, it took me in directions that I'd never would have dreamed I, I, I'm going to take. So that's why I say you have to be open to opportunities and possibilities as you walk this path. As long as your, as long as your intention is pure, as pure as it can be, because we're human, right? But as long as it's as pure as it can be with, and wanting to cooperate, um, you're going to be okay, but it might take you in directions that you, you, you never believe that you're going to go in. Um, and that's happened to me multiple times in my life, but the intention still manifested. The intention still manifested. And uh, one thing I do want to say, because I know when it comes to intentions and so on, oftentimes health is 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 included in that. Um, when it comes to your health and your healing, you need to be open to possibilities. It may be that certain things can't be healed. It's just the way it is. Sometimes some things fall apart so much that you can't put it back together. But many times. It can. Um, And when it comes to having an intention for getting well, you need to be open to ways of getting well or getting stronger, getting healthier that might not be in your toolbox. And I'm actually saying this from the perspective of someone who was more into Ayurveda, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, energetic healing, all the natural stuff, herbalism. Well, in certain situations, I was so focused on having to do it the natural way that I completely cut out the fact that, you know what, sometimes you got to go to the doctor. And when I finally made peace with that, what I found was when it came to health and healing, yes, maybe, maybe sometimes I'd be led to a supplement or to a particular kind of uh, natural healing modality. But sometimes the, the response was simply go to the doctor, a medical, modern medical doctor, allopathic doctor. So I, I want to stress that when it comes to health things, because it's okay those kinds of doctors are there for a reason too. Um, and y- you want to be as healthy and natural as possible, but you want to be, you don't want to be, you don't want to keep your, your, your focus so narrow that can only be one particular way. You want to be open. What, what do you need? Be open to that. Let that intention come through and explore it. And maybe you're wrong. And that's an important thing. Sometimes you're going to be wrong. You're going to get it wrong. You're not going to interpret it clearly, 
Um, and one thing I try to do to get around that, <laughs> uh, because in my experience, I would have these conversations and I would say, you know what, let me know what I'm supposed to do. And I'm willing to follow it. And I mean that sincerely whenever I, I get into a prayerful state or, or, or trying to figure something out. Um, but sometimes when I would do that, I would be led in a roundabout way that showed some kind of difficulty or I had to experience some hardship to get there or, or I would just misinterpret it. Um, so what I try to do now, I don't know if it works. Sometimes it does. What I try to do now is I say, let me know in no uncertain terms, exactly what I need to do so I don't have to make 20 mistakes before I get there. <laughs> it tends to work. But if you have to make 20 mistakes on the way, that's all right. <laughs> that's part of my process. Now, um, another thing, uh, faith and surrender. You got to let go of control. You do your best, but you let go of control. And this is also part of the Bhagavad Gita, all yogic philosophy. You act in the moment, but the yogi is entitled to action, not the fruits of their action. What that means is you're entitled to do your best, but you are not entitled to knowing whether doing your best is going to give the result you want. So what do you have to do? You have to have your intention. You do your best. You see what happens. And you have to trust. Okay. That was what happened. So now, how do I work from there? What do I need to do with this new information, with this new experience? So you want to, um, you want to do your best, but let go of the results, because you are not in control. And you, unless unless you are profoundly enlightened which you may be one day, and I hope you are, and I see that as a possibility for you. Um, you can't see all possibilities. You can't know that if you step off the street and break your leg, that that was terrible, but then you end up in the hospital um, meeting the love of your life, and then you end up having a wonderful family. You, you never know what, what's going to lead to what. So you have to be able to have this openness and this ability to um, practice yoga, where you are the yogi who is entitled to action, but not the fruits of your action. And that's where faith comes in. And faith is something that is not easy to talk about. It's not easy to develop, but you have to be open to learning what faith is. I can't tell you what it is, but you can say, what is faith? And you can say, how can I learn faith? And you can be open to what comes into your life. And you have to be engaged in the process in order to recognize it. And you have to trust yourself as you go. And you have to not be worried about what other people say or do. You have to follow and trust and be engaged in the whole thing and have that sense of surrender about it. Um, and if you can do that while you set these intentions, um, you'll probably get to where you want to be. You'll probably get there in a way that you couldn't imagine. <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, you'll probably feel much better about your life and your own spiritual practice and, and yoga practice will be uh, intensified because all, all these processes are part of yoga. So living your life in this way is practicing yoga. Uh, one last thing I want to say before I go to the questions uh, has to do with time management. And those of you who came to the Rochester retreat and other retreats, you've, you've, you've heard me um, talk about this before. 
so many of us think we don't have any time. And usually if we don't have any time, it's because we're doing too much and we're not willing to admit that we need to cut some things out. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing we have to remember is the power of technology gives us all of the time in the world. If you use technology well, you will have all the time you need to meditate, all the time you need to do whatever you need to do. Because if you think about it, do you have to go down to the creek to wash your clothes like people used to? Do you have to boil the water to wash your clothes like they used to? No. Do you have to go out in the garden and, ga- and gather up all of your food uh, just to make one meal? Do you have to slave away on that meal all day long? No. Do you have to write out letters to people by hand and run down to the post office and mail them anymore? No, you have email. Do you have to take a carriage uh, 30 days to go 500 miles? No, you can hop on a plane or jump in your car and get there in no time. You get the idea. I can go on and on and on about this. Um, You've got microwaves. Now, you can talk all you want about microwaves. I don't use them that much, but they're great when you need them. You've got an Instapot. If you don't like microwaves, the little pressure cooking pot, you can make, I can make Indian meals that used to take me three hours. I can make them in 15 minutes. That means I've got two hours and 45 minutes that I can do other things. Um, You can set up your life using technology if you quit wasting your time with technology so that you have enough time to meditate, you have enough time to exercise, you have enough time to be creative, you have enough time to be with your family. You just have to be disciplined about it. You just have to, 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 to engage it. So I, unless you are in such dire circumstances where there's a life and death situation, I'm not going to buy it that you don't have enough time. If you're in a life and death situation, yeah, I'll buy that because I've seen that before and I know what that's like. Um, but you have to be honest with yourself and really start taking stock of how you waste your time and pull it together. You don't want to waste this precious opportunity. Swami uh, Hari Harananda was a student of um, uh, Sri Yukteswar's, like Paramahansa Yogananda. He would often say, um, don't waste opportunity because you never know if it's going to come again. And we have such opportunity these days because of technology that there really is no excuse. And so take some time to think about that. You know, maybe there'll be some hurt feelings because you're not hanging out with your friends enough, or maybe your mom will wish that you came by and, you know, ate donuts and coffee with her more, but you can do that every now and then. Um, You have enough time. You have enough time. So I encourage you to, um, Find out why I say that and think about what I've said and see if you can uh, understand that. And if you don't have enough time, do what it takes to make time. You know, another example from my life, I mentioned I didn't have a lot of resources early on. um, And then I ended up having more resources because of better planning and and managing my time and and doing a good job with uh, the work that I did. And um, also, Melissa, before she passed, was in a, a, a good job. So we had plenty of resources. But then uh, the time came when I needed to be able to do more of this work. And I tried my best to do it on a donation basis. And uh, what was very helpful for me to do that, to move to a place where expenses were low 
sure I don't have a Whole Foods on every corner or um, my neighbors aren't all, aren't all gurus and Reiki practitioners and Jyotish astrologers anymore, but my expenses are way low again. So I have the ability to do this work for you, for everyone who wants to participate most of the time on a donation basis, if I can. And I like being able to do that. So I had to make a choice to move to a different location for that to be the case. And I happily made that choice. Did I lose a bunch of friends? Yeah, I sure did. Was it hard? Did it hurt? It sure did. But was it worth it? I think so. And many of the people that I've met because of it think so too. So um, just sit down and be honest with yourself about your life. And I think um, you'll do well and you can, and it's possible. And then at the end, uh, you'll appreciate it all. So that's my last statement there. Get an Instapot, get off social media, (laughs) and you'll be fine barring extreme circumstances. All right. So I have a specific smaller intention in my life, but I'm unsure why I am. I reincarnated. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I started asking, what is my purpose as part of the inquiry portion of my meditation? Uh, but I would gain, but would I gain any better insight with an astrologer? I've had Jody sh- sessions in the past and have mixed feelings on their efficacy. Yeah, it's hard to find a good astrologer. And I don't, I don't recommend them for people really who's on a spiritual path. Um, perhaps I was treating it more like a predictor. What are your thoughts with respect to... Oh, I lost it. To having astrology provide insight to one's life purpose. Um, I did a whole series on this called finding your, your divine purpose. And I think you have access to it. I would go back and I would uh, relook at that class on the Patreon community. Um, astrologers, they're hit or miss every now and then you find a good one. Um, when it comes to the spiritual side of things, I would prefer individuals do this work and trust themselves and figure it out. Um, because it's too easy for an astrologer to, to get something wrong. And then you end up going off on a tangent for 10 years that you thought was right. Cause the astrologer told you. So oddly enough, even though I've been an astrologer and I'm an astrologer and teach astrology, when it comes to these spiritual things, I like to encourage people to have more inner faith, more, uh, inner, uh, inner trust and to make mistakes and just see what happens. Cause you're going to learn a lot more that way. Um, sometimes astrologers can be helpful. Mm, but yeah, they can often be more uh, prediction based, but it also depends on how you see life. You know, for example, uh, after I went through uh, the loss of my wife and uh, found that what was most helpful for me was Kriya yoga and meditation and prayer, not astrology. Um, of course, I decided that was the most important thing because I'd rather develop faith than trust in external things. And one thing I do often uh, is I just sit down and I ask, what's my purpose? What do you need me to do? And I'm open to the result. And sometimes, you know, the result isn't go create a Kriya Yoga podcast and initiate devotees into God. Oftentimes it's um, go cut the grass, um, go be nice to someone, um, do that thing that you said you were going to do for someone, uh, take care of yourself. Um, you know, like the, the, the things come up, we, we always think that our purpose has to be this grand immaculate thing that people look back and say they lived a good life. Well, sometimes a good life is just being there for someone who's crying or giving food to someone who needs it or uh, something like that. So, and I've often found the case that when I, I stop and I reflect, 
what is my purpose? What do I need to be doing? It comes, you're doing exactly what you're doing it exactly. It's just your mind is so caught up in distraction that you can't appreciate it uh, because spirit is always here. Spirit is always here. So if you want an astrologer, those of you who are here, I would recommend um, Fiona Marks, FionaMarks.com, uh, Dustin Cormier, uh, basically anyone I've trained because I've, I've spent four years with them and I know they're not going to be silly and I know they're going to do their best. Um, I'm sure there are other good astrologers too, but these are people I've worked with uh, um, I've seen their work uh, and you can go to kriyogaonline.com and go to the resources page. And there should be a list of uh, some astrologers there that can be helpful for you. But when it comes to working with astrologer, don't give away your power to them. Listen to them, hear what they say. They might have some insights for you and pay attention to that. What, what sticks out to you. Like if, if they say something and you're just like, yeah, that's not right, but they harp on it, just ignore it. Let them say whatever they want. Um, but watch for those things that, that, that kind of, they're like little sparkly bits in their in their 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 speech. That's what that's where God is speaking through them and saying, "This is what you need to pay attention to." Um, and, and then that can be helpful because then you're also seeing it as an expression of the divine, rather than uh, giving away your power to someone else. Oh yeah, this is good. So one final thing, and then if there are no other questions, I guess we'll conclude for this evening. That was wonderful. Wonderful time to be with you. Not to excuse not having time. Um, what about using your busy time to meditate, to try to walk without thoughts, to watch your thoughts when working, to generally be, well, yeah, you need to do that all the time. That's when you're practicing yoga all the time. Meditation proper is an exercise that you do that's training, that you sit down and you do it, like going to the gym. You go to the gym to lift weights, to do some cardio, to swim or whatever, that's training. That way, when you go out into your life, you're strong. You've got, you can do the things you need to do. So the stuff that you're talking about, trying to watch your thoughts when you're walking or be aware when you're working, you should be doing that anyway, because that's, that's the whole practice. Um, but this brings up a good thing. You know, can you chant when you're driving? You sure can. Um, can you do pranayama when you're driving? You sure can. Chanting om is profound pranayama. Those of you who've taken the pranayama class know this. When you inhale, when you chant om, om, and so on, you let it ring out. Not only are you chanting, but you're also practicing a pranayama where the inhale is short and the exhale is long, which is one of the most beneficial types of pranayama to do. Drive down the road, om, om, om all day long. You're doing pranayama and you're doing mantra all at the same time. So you can, you can do things like that. Or when you're walking, you're going for a walk, do your best to hold your thoughts away or chant OM internally. You can do these things. And, and any Ramana Maharshi, Anamalai Swami, everyone, Ramana, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, um, read a little, meditate more and think of God all the time. Of course, you need to do these things uh, all the time. Um, so in closing, this whole process of setting intentions, um, just even thinking about it, even trying to set an intention is going to get you moving in a proper direction. You are more likely to experience the things you set intentions for than if you don't set them at all. 
You want to do your best that you know of what you know to do to make it happen and learn to avoid discomfort and, and things that you think are unpleasant. You know, you don't want to hurt yourself, but to, to accomplish things requires hard work and sacrifice, no matter what you do. And this is life is worth it. I would hope. Um, when you are unsure, don't force it. Sit back and wait or ask for help or guidance or clarity. And if guidance and clarity doesn't come, it's okay. Just sit and wait. Don't stress out. You stress out, you cut it off. Because sometimes there's nothing that you should be doing. And I found that to be true in my own life. You know, for years, I was cranking out astrology books. I was writing Kriya Yoga books. I was doing videos. It was just happening, happening, happening. And then at one point in time, I didn't, didn't feel like doing it anymore. I would sit there and every time I would try, it was like I was forcing it. And then I, I learned that sometimes when there's nothing to do, it's just because there's nothing to do. You don't have to be doing something all the time. Uh, and that's okay. But if you never have anything to do, we'll be careful of that because maybe you're just lazy then. <laughs> but people who, people who tend to get things done, who tend to be in tune and active, when, when there come lulls or periods where there needs to be rest, you need to give yourself permission to feel that. But be open. It's like you're listening to the wind. Well, now is it time? And maybe you hear something and you start listening more clearly, or maybe nothing comes. No problem. Just go sit in your hammock, drink your tea and wait. So you've got to learn that balance. And I can't teach you that. This is something you have to learn. You have to learn that balance between rest and activity, between intending and surrendering. And there's no extreme black or white right answer to any of this. You just have to learn to be comfortable with the whole process. And that is part of the process. And the more you do that, the more at peace you become and the more spiritual you recognize your life actually is. Um, so anyway... Well, I want to thank you all for taking the time to be here today. It's wonderful to be with you. And um, set these intentions. Start, start this weekend, this week, daily working on this. And um, see what happens. And, and you, you don't have to just do it for the year. After you get in, into it, you can do it with anything, really. And make it a regular, make it a regular habit to kind of reassess and re-engage. Uh, and then just see where your life is in a year, two years, three years, four years, five years from now. And I think that if you continuously engage this process and follow it and let it lead you as well, and as you participate in it, um, hopefully, uh, all the dice will roll well and uh, you'll, you'll understand what this is all about. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga Apprenticeship Students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.